Throwing a dually, asking stall citizens to report for duty. Duly asking Seoul citizens to report for duty. Time has come for something new, something to change the game. When seeking fortunes at the fringes of civilization, 
You need someone you can trust. In this age of uncertainty, it's time to take back your strength. It's time to release the Kraken. Drake Interplanetary, we got your back. And greetings, greetings, everyone. Welcome back to the Soul Citizens. We're happy to have you here. <laughs> Elder, is it Gelda Gwesi? I don't know how to pronounce that. I hope I, I know I just slaughtered it. I just it. say Elder. Elder. Just the first part. Just say Elder. Okay. <laughs> and Nick Rackham, thank you also for that follow. We appreciate you guys being here today with us on the Soul Citizens for our show. Let's get cracking. We are going to get cracking today. We've got a great panel of uh, backers and soul citizen supporters here today to talk about a ship that we have not talked about on this show we've, we've kind of hit it around it but we've never had really a discussion on it you know fast car even when we we did our um industrial series we didn't even mess with this we kind of put this in the privateer to the side and said we come back to it one day and we're finally getting a chance to visit it and i think we mentioned that we uh talked about it yeah i mean that's all we did was mention it yeah i'm saying yeah. But we didn't include that in the series so uh, but we have one of the um, one of the probably one of the biggest lovers of the Krakens out there I know that is joining us today, and you guys' is a familiar face. Uh, Star Jump Grim is here today as our guest. So Grim, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, anytime there's a chance to talk about the Kraken, I'm I'm jumping in. Thank you. We're, we're thank you for the subscription, Grim. Yeah. Oh wow, Grim. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you Grim. so much. Hey, listen, oh, thank you everybody for following and the bits. Yeah, you guys have, Yeah, you guys have been hitting us up big here with follows and everything. Some of you guys were following even when the intro music was playing. So thank you for that. And Elder, thank you for that raid too with 66 viewers. I'm I'm sorry I didn't see that because it scrolled by so fast. So those of you who are here from Elder Stream, thank you guys for coming over, and we appreciate that. And hope you had a great yeah. stream as well. Um, also joining me today uh, from my, on the far right over here, or my right, would be Unique. Unique is here today with us again. Good to see you, bro. How are you? Hey, everybody. Good, good, I'm good. Uh, doing fine, and uh, hopefully I can stay awake long enough from this show tonight. <laughs> Been up all night, but that's okay. And uh, I'm here to enforce the free giveaway of Grimm's hat later in the show when we <laughs> raffle it off. His signed, his signed hat that we'll give away. There we go. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Right, and, right on the top there. Right on top there. I want to give some shout-out and congratulations to Unique, who is becoming another grandfather for, I think, the fourth time. Is that remembering? Fourth yeah, time. for today. So he's waiting for some news about that. So that Congratulations Congrats. on that again. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. And, and last but not least, FC Fastcart. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Uh, I just got to say, I got to give you a for that new introduction at, at the beginning of, of the show. I, 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 I like, I love it. It's, it's pretty cool. And um, I just want to say that last, that um, that tracking video, that's the same guy in the prospect. It looks like the same guy who's in the like, lasting legacy video. Yeah, you, like, you mentioned that. Character. I have to go back and look and see because I remember you saying something about you wondering if it was the same character or not. That would be interesting to see. Hmm. we have to go back and see. Yeah, upgraded. Uh, <laughs> he upgraded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Hopefully, listen, Thanks, everybody. you got two old men on here with you, Grim, who both were sleepy. Fast Cart was in bed all day yesterday. Unique is already warning us now that he's going to pass out. So it might be just me and you <laughs> by the time this I, I, I am bright-eyed and butcher-tailed. I'm good to go. <laughs> yeah, I got my sleep. We'll <laughs> all right. Well, 
again, thank you guys for joining us today. Um, this topic about the Kraken, uh, and the more I've been studying on this ship and the more I've been looking at this ship, I, it was never something I was interested in. When it came out, I said, ah, too big aircraft carrier, yada, 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 for the big boys that can have that thing as a monster. But as I've been doing research, and one of my good friends, Nihilus, who is, who's loved this ship, I think he had a Kraken Enterprise here at one point. He just, he, I kept, what's he so crazy about this ship? And then I went back and started looking at it again, and I started seeing a whole lot of potential with this thing. But the thing that really messed my head up, which is why I'm glad he's here, is our good friend Grim just recently did a, a starting a new series. And one of the first ships he started with, and those of you who know him know that he loves the Kraken as his ship. And, and he did this series, and I just happened to stumble on it the day he was doing it. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And I sent it to Nihilus right away, Grim, because like I told you, he's a big Kraken oh, cool. fan. And he yeah. wa watched it right away. So what we're going to do today is something a little different. We normally don't do this. We are going to actually watch Grim's video, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. Uh, so Frass Carton, Unique haven't seen it yet. I've seen it once, uh, but we're going to watch it. And then, of course, having him here, you can give us even more commentary because even because you actually did a follow up behind it. You did a whole Q&A follow up thing yeah. after this thing, too. And and I've actually learned a few things or Since? at least one important thing about the Kraken that I did not know when I made the video. And okay. I, we can talk about that. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So listen, get something to drink. Tell give you the warning now. But this uh, this video is so good. It's so good. So we're not, we're not going to. Uh, spend too much time beyond that. We're going to start the video. Well, you know what? Before we do the video, I said we were going to talk about something else, and that's uh, this whole thing with Drake. Um, when, when, when most of us heard about Drake Unique, and you, you, Drake's, Unique's been around longer than anybody. When we first heard these different manufacturers, the whole thing about Drake that most people grabbed onto was this idea of them being pirates, right? That's the ships that pirates used, I should say, right? That was like the big thing for Drake back in the day. Do you remember yeah. in the early days, like, you know, the, the, the Aegis and, and um, Anvil were like the military for UEE, but Drake was for the bad guys kind of thing. Hmm. Right. Well, you know, there's always a left side and the right side or the top and the bottom or the mm -hmm. good guys and the bad guys. Uh, and the bad guys don't have the funding from the taxpayers and stuff. So they're going to migrate quickly to ships that are more easily maintainable, more easily uh, scavenged parts and stuff for it because mm -hmm. they get blown up and should be able to find it around the planet or other planets and solar systems. Um, so yeah, the scrappy ships are what they would fall to, basically. Yeah. But let me let me ask a question to you. Uh, I'm going to come back to something Unique said with you, Grim, in a second. Fastcart, you remember within the last few years, though, Drake has been, quote unquote, trying to spruce up its image to a certain degree, right? They had this big fallout with the UEE over Invictus. They started doing their own separate show. But this last year, they had Great this time. whole theme of power to the people, right? So, and let me read this, and then I want to get your feelings about it. Because Fastcart really wants to stay away from pirates. So let me read this. He says, our designers tapped into the same intensive consumer outreach practices that conceive the vulture. And I, you know what? I, I actually did all the hard work to put this on the screen. So why don't I just put it on the screen to save myself some work? Whoops, that's the wrong screen. Put the right screen up first here. Let me... Yeah, we're not that. ending already. We're right? not ending yet. I know. There we go. All right. Our designers tapped into the same intensive consumer outreach practices that conceived the vulture and pulled forth the unyielding spirit of protection. The Kraken is the result. We got to the heart of what the hardworking folks of the UEE want from a capital ship. Inspired by these people, the Kraken's adaptability mirrors the diversity of the Empire. Now, Fastcart, what I'm going to throw at you is this. In this particular marketing, propaganda, whatever you want to call it, 
they really talk about the people of the UEE want this. They don't talk about the criminals or the pirates or they make it sound like it's the civilian masses have access to basically what would be almost military level equipment. When you saw that at the citizen con, you know, everything went to this whole power to the people, you know, the red and everything. How did you feel when you saw that? Did you like, did you act, did it intrigue you? Or are you kind of like, ah, these guys are just using that for propaganda. <laughs> They're still selling the pirates. I think it was more propaganda more than anything. Cause, really? cause I, I don't know if you remember, like the first, the first couple of, uh, the first great, uh, Drake, uh, Invictus, uh, Invictus, yeah, Invictus, Drake had booth bays and that was a whole controversy. Then it got kicked out and then they started doing the Drake con. That's the whole, the whole lore behind that. So they're trying to come back in, into the fold now by saying for the people and, you know, get the, the I, I guess there's more money for being for the people they're just being for pirates or, or i don't want to say bad guys but let's say people with uh, with, with fewer scruples how about that well okay so do you think that they're actually genuinely for the people or are you saying they're just using it as a smoke screen but they're really smoke dealing screen. with the criminal element you think it's smoke screen, screen yeah. Yeah. okay that's yeah. an interesting perspective okay good. that could be possible grim the question i want to throw to you is something that unique said he talked about and we've heard cig talk about this in the early days you don't hear them say it too much now but there was this mm -hmm. thing about drake ships yeah, they may be cheaper, manufactured or whatever, but the accessibility to parts, fixing them and everything else gives them a plus that maybe if you were to have an anvil ship and you needed a part, you may have a lot more hassle getting that. Do you think they're going to actually introduce that level of lore into the game? And the second type of question I want to ask you is about the Kraken. People used to say, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, so maybe you can be a better authority on this, about mm -hmm. is the Kraken sturdy? You know, if we compare yeah. it against a, an Aegis ship, you know, are we looking at something that's more an aluminum can versus a steel can? Or are we talking about comparable ships? Any ideas yeah. about that? You can hit those two for me real quick. So I think for in regards to the, you know, the first question, how ships are manufactured, the quote unquote materials used to make them. So, for example, you know, origin ships are supposed to use, you know, advanced materials that are, you know, really lightweight and all this good stuff. Mm -hmm. Normally, I would say that that would be something that would be forgotten by CIG or really just a lore thing. However, um, I was looking back through some all-ship Q&As from Invictus that CIG did, and um, I was able to find two, and this was just from the last year and the year before that, so mm -hmm. pretty recent. I was able to find two videos where John Cruz specifically talks about um, essentially materials and how that will play into physical damage with ships. Mm -hmm. And he talks a little bit about how it's, so it's funny we're talking about this. I just watched this yesterday. He um, He's talking about how everything right now is based off hit points, right? You shoot a wing enough, a wing breaks off. Uh, but he said that the, uh, the plan is, and I guess this is what they've been working on, is that everything, every material is going to have certain tensile strength parameters mm -hmm. attached to it. So, and, and I'm sure that affects like cost for repair, cost for replacement, all that stuff. So I do think there will be a benefit for Drake users or, or you know, fans of Drake ships in terms of like repair costs. I, th I think that will ultimately boil down to a little bit easy, like a little bit cheaper to repair a Drake ship than it is going to be, um, you know, an Aegis or, or an Origin ship. And I think that's directly related to the physicalized damage system and material tags they are assigning to certain ships which is obviously something they're doing do you think that the player base there may be people in the player base who actually buy their ships knowing that stuff 
I, I wonder about the people in the player base who maybe don't know. Like, in other words, yeah. they go by that, that Aegis Saber, so, right? And then they find out, I can't even get parts for this sucker. I got to wait. You know, I got to search yeah. all over the universe for parts for this thing where the Drake guys, their stuff comes, you know, they can find their stuff anywhere. Well, I mean, to me, this is what the whole quantum thing should be doing. So if I'm in a system, like if I'm over in, uh, you know, Magnus, uh -huh. well, I should be able to get Drake anything super cheap, right? Because that's what uh -huh. they're at. But if I'm in, you know, a, a, a far off alien, you know, system, then, I mean, everything should be expensive. So I hope it's fluctuated by that as well. Mm. Now, to answer the second question, though, which kind of ties in. I think all that will still be pretty negligible, right? Okay. So at the end of the day, it's going to be about what their shield generate. That's your first line of defense, obviously, right? Your shield generators mm -hmm. and your weaponry. Obviously, armor and, and hull strength is right after that because they need, you know, pirates need to get through or, or bad guys need to be able to get through the shields and, and your armament first. And Drake's got no, or the Kraken's got no issue there. I mean, it's got two capital shield generators, which mm -hmm. is good um and it has a vast array of turrets covering a full 360 degrees on the ship so mm -hmm. its first two lines of defense are really good it's the same thing with the polaris to be totally honest with you mm -hmm. you know they always describe the polaris as being um lightly armored but fast and nimble and, and all mm -hmm. that but now then the polaris has got a capital shield generator so it, it's i guess it's only it's only lightly armored compared to like an idris or javelin but okay. almost 98 percent of other ships in the game it's still got capital shield generators on it you know mm -hmm. so okay. i just want to say we, you mentioned still can we all know that the still can is the drake steel and i checked i wouldn't i wouldn't man from, from from making a joke so i can say that well i'm gonna tell you you know i've always said this i hope that that's the big thing with the steel <laughs> that it actually is that they actually make that thing where it's armored so well that that's yeah. that's why the value well, of that ship will mean something later on in the game. I'll I'll add one quick thing to what you had asked Fastcar with the whole you know is the power to the people thing a real thing? I personally hope it is, and I hope CIG is seeing the benefit of that. And maybe that's why they're pivoting. I personally think of Drake more as like the blue collar manufacturer. They're the manufacturer that you buy their ships when you want to do it yourself, when you're not relying on, you know, the UEE to handle things. And it's sort of like, that seems to be how Drake is positioning themselves. And I think it would be from an in-game lore perspective and an out-of-game perspective. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a smart way to reposition Drake because limiting them just to like, the favorite of the pirates to me is mm. you're losing a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, we know the Vulture and the Corsair and the Kraken are part are the three ships that are part of the new Drake, you know, under mm. the new CEO. So yeah. um, hopefully it's a sign of good things. Interesting spin. Let me share this two guys. We're going to start the video now, but you touch on something grim. It has nothing to do with the Kraken, but it does have to do with something you said about parts and materials and resources. I just posted in the soul citizens, um, star citizen channel and you don't have to go there to look at it if you're if you're part of our discord it's there but if you are a subscriber look at the february jump point they do a breakdown about the vulture and what i what i quoted was a section in there that said that when salvage kicks in at its furthest you know how like right now mining has these multiple levels right we're like kind of tier one salvaging right now but they outlined the whole plan for what they want to see in salvaging. And one of the things they said, Grim, 
was that mm -hmm. when a salvager goes in, there will be these different levels of salvaging. Everything yeah. from beginning with components, and actually the outer hull is like the latter part of it. One of the things they said is that when you start stripping the ship, you'll start stripping plastics, metals, wire. They're gonna have all these different resources they're gonna break down that uh -huh. in the verse will be resources for people who want to do crafting and building later on. So right. take a look at that if you guys get a chance in jump points. You'll see yeah. that, like you said, when you strip down a ship, we all know that right now the skin thing, the hull stripping is just tier one. But they're saying, yeah, you'll be stanching out components. You'll also go in and start breaking down plastics and woods and all that other stuff, which I think is great. Because for me, mm -hmm. being an origin lover, I remember reading the brochure and there was a lot of stuff in there about the materials that were being used to use the ship. Yeah, it sounded all nice and funny, but it wouldn't be meaningful yeah. if I find out that the woods that are in there or the marble actually has a certain value when I'm stripping. If I see an 890 out there floating yeah. around, that stripping the value of that type of ship maybe versus stripping some other ship is greater to do. You yeah. know, so I think that would and, be meaningful in game. And and if you go back, and I realize these are way old, but if you go back and look at CIG's original design briefs on repair gameplay, mm -hmm. which kind of ties into salvage in terms of the actual materials you're, you're getting, mm -hmm. if you go back and read a lot of their design brief stuff for repair, which I have because I, I did a, a whole episode on this, um, it specifically talks about what you're saying, like the different materials um, being used to create different new, like, and being able to combine materials to create new materials. So I, I definitely think that's going to be a thing. I think mm -hmm. that's in the long range plan. And I, and I think ultimately that's what repair gameplay is. Yeah, it'll be great. And I, 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 I remember, I would say 2017, 2018, maybe in 2017, 2016, maybe around that time, they were redoing the Constellation Phoenix and, and Josh Kuhn was um, looking at different materials to make it more luxury. So they had that, they find different kind of hardware and, 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 and getting different materials to make it look, look, uh, look good. So yeah, I, can, I can definitely see a CIG going in that direction like that. Yeah, okay, all right, cool. All right, let's hit the video, guys. So here we go, about, about 20 minutes, so enjoy. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the newest Star Jump show we call The Shipyard. This is a show where we're going to take a look at a particular ship, discuss what is known about it, and try to give you an unbiased assessment on where that ship fits within the verse. We'll look at its pros and cons, and hopefully leave you with the most up-to-date information on what may be your next ship. In our first episode, we'll be taking a look at the Drake Interplanetary Kraken and its marketplace gameplay variant, The Privateer. Kraken was first mentioned in the December 2017 You Pick the Next Drake Ship vote. It came in second with 37% of the votes cast, and it went up against what would become known as the Drake Vulture and Drake Corsair. Now, concept development was primarily handled by Paul Jones and Gavin Rothery, as well as other artists that helped out in smaller ways. The ship went through quite a few different permutations during its early concept development work. As you can see in these concept images, the ship went through several different designs before eventually landing on one with a strong similarity to that of a traditional aircraft carrier. With a large primary deck capable of carrying two medium-sized ships and possibly larger ships depending on the arrangement. There are also four additional extra small decks on the starboard side and two internal extra small hangars just below those starboard decks. We'll circle back down to this layout in just a bit. 
Now with the concept exploration phase out of the way, let's take a look at what was eventually revealed to the citizens. The Kraken was officially unveiled to the public at the 2948 CitizenCon along with the Anvil Valkyrie. CitizenCon in-person attendees were greeted by a massive physical model of the Kraken, created especially for its unveiling by the talented team over at JR Design and Fabrications. The Drake mantra when referring to the Kraken is defending freedom and power to the people. The story behind the Kraken begins with Andon Arden, Drake's new CEO. Andon Arden wanted to lead Drake away from the controversy of the past and into a future where the Drake name became synonymous with protecting the people. The Kraken is envisioned as a mobile armored fortress that is completely self-sufficient able to confidently protect the hardworking citizens of the verse, as well as give even the largest orgs a base to operate from. Researching the needs of the people, that's Drake's approach with the Kraken and it's anchored in its adaptability. This represents the diversity of the empire itself. The Kraken is classified as a light attack carrier and falls within a class of ships known as capital ships. And with over 3,792 SCU, the Kraken can definitely be considered a heavy lifter and one of the few capital ships capable of offsetting its own upkeep costs through commercial trade and transport. In addition, the Kraken is considered to be a kind of mobile headquarters, bringing with it repair, rearm, and refueling capabilities. With its six external landing pads and two internal hangars, the Kraken supports a wide variety of ships the Kraken also hosts a unique Dragonfly launching bay that can support up to four Dragonflies and possibly more. We'll get into more of the Kraken's internal layout with the cutaway that CIG provided in its original reveal. Okay, so with any ship still in the concept phase, it's important to remember these are just the currently announced specs and that these are subject to change as the ship continues to move through the production timeline. First, let's get the Kraken's dimensions out of the way. The ship comes in with an overall beam of 104 meters, a height of 64 meters, and a length of 270 meters, making it one of the largest player-ownable ships in Star Citizen. The flight deck consists of the two medium-sized pads, four starboard extra small pads, and of course, the two starboard side internal hangars. Internally, the Kraken is equipped with six capital computers, two capital life support systems, two capital power plants, two capital shield generators, and is listed to have medium armor. Keep in mind that all of those stats just listed can and probably will change to some degree once the ship goes into active development. The Kraken supports a minimum crew of 10, however, to optimally cover all the Kraken's turrets, bridge positions, engineering and mechanic positions, as well as radar and scanning, etc., the Kraken could command up to 15 or more crew members to operate at peak efficiency. From an armament standpoint, the Drake Kraken is no slouch, sporting one size 8 man turret on the nose, four size 6 turrets spread out over the ship, and finally, four size 5 remote turrets. The Kraken is able to lay down a significant amount of firepower in almost any direction. Combine this with whatever combat support ships the Kraken happens to be carrying at that time, and you have a capital ship that provides an extreme challenge to any would-be adversary. In order to get such a monster to move, the Kraken is equipped with eight capital main thrusters, six capital VTOL thrusters, two capital retro thrusters, and 12 capital maneuvering thrusters. While the VTOL thrusters allow the Kraken to land planet side, its atmospheric flight performance can be described as poor at best, 
When landing such a large ship, it's best to plan ahead and deploy a scout ship to the surface first in order to seek out a suitable landing zone for the Kraken's captain to target. Okay, let's take a look inside the Kraken to get a better understanding of the ship's currently concepted layout. Please keep in mind that this ship has an absolutely massive amount of internal space, and there are some rooms that CIG plans to implement that are not currently shown on this cutaway. One of those rooms, for example, is a medical bay, which was mentioned by John Crew as something that will most likely be added to the ship. Starting from the front, we see the huge size 8 man turret, as well as the top and bottom forward size 6 man turrets. These three turrets comprise the Kraken's front defensive armament. You also find one of the two capital size shield generators in the corridor of the bottom size 6 turret. In addition to a myriad of long corridors connecting the front of the ship to the back, you'll see the entry points for the four small starboard side pads that then lead down to their corresponding halves that the crews of those ships can use for temporary residence while on board the Kraken. Cargo elevators for all six flight pads lead directly down to a middle corridor that hosts what has been termed sort of an air car that will allow the transport of personnel and cargo directly from the primary cargo hold to their respective pads or vice versa. The air car can carry up to four people and 12 SCU of cargo. Not seen in this cross section are the two internal hangars that are accessed from the starboard side of the ship. A bit further down as we near the primary control tower of the Kraken, you'll see the two halves that are for the crew of the ships parked on the port side primary flight deck. Now we have reached the bulk of the interior space within the Kraken. Starting from the top and working our way down, we come across the bridge. The Kraken bridge is a two-level bridge with at least five and possibly more stations for crew. One of these stations is dedicated to the captain's seat. Directly behind the bridge is a small connecting room that leads to a planning room. This room is where movement planning, scanning, etc. will take place. Sitting just behind the planning room is a room with no currently assigned role. This could be where a medical suite could be added, for example. Behind that room is the access point to the top-mounted size 6 man turret. Okay, let's go down one more level starting from the front. We have a stairway that leads from the bridge area down to the break room, and then further down to the Kraken's exterior exit to the primary deck. This is the entry point where someone landing on the large primary flight deck could quickly be able to come up into the Kraken's uh, main tower and take the stairwell up to the bridge or crew room, etc. You can expect this door would be heavily defended in the event of a boarding party attempting to make a hostile entry into the Kraken's interior. Now, directly behind the stairwell is the break room. You can expect a decent sized kitchen, tables, as well as restroom and other facilities. Further back from the break room, you'll find the crew rooms, which would house the Kraken's crew beds and lockers, etc. Moving a bit further back, we find the captain's quarters. With the amount of room the Kraken has, there could even be a, an opportunity to add, say, an XO quarters or something like that. Going another level down, we reach the massive internal fuel storage tanks of the Kraken. These are the tanks that ships refueling on the deck of the Kraken would be pulling from. Moving further back, you reach a long corridor that could be repurposed to be a more functional and more purposeful room, perhaps the medical bay, etc. This then leads to a large elevator that covers the access points from the fuel storage deck up to the Dragonfly Bay. Okay, let's talk about the Dragonfly Bay. This Dragonfly Bay looks to be able to easily fit four Dragonflies and possibly more. 
The room hosts a unique system for launching and retrieving dragonflies through the crack and sunroof type opening. There was some mention in the literature that the room could be modified for other purposes. We'll need to see what comes of that, but this room would make for a great modular room based off its size and exterior access point. Going down another level, we find Cargo 2. This is the large primary cargo hold of the Kraken. With 3,902 SCU, the Kraken is able to hold an absolute massive amount of cargo, enough to help offset the cost of operating such a big ship. The cargo area has direct access to the air car and can then easily transfer cargo from the hold to the waiting ships or vice versa. Back a bit further from the Cargo 2 area, you have access points for the port and starboard side man turrets. These are size 4 dual turrets. Further back, we reach the cavernous main engineering area. From the concept art, it looks to host several user stations for work to be done at. And with the Kraken's massive size and long corridors, any engineering team is going to need a few mechanics that can be dispatched to different parts of the ship to handle mechanical issues that arise. Last but not least, we reach Cargo 1. This cargo is part of the primary SCU grid, but looks to be more easily positioned to be placed on the large drop-down freight elevator that goes to the ground level. This is where you would move cargo that you were planning to remove at your next stop for easy offloading. This comprises the current concepted layout for the Drake Kraken. With room to spare, you can bet some new rooms will be added in the production phase, as well as various changes to this current layout. This could include things like a medical bay, exo quarters, brig, repair bay, etc. Now let's discuss the Drake Kraken Privateer, the traveling marketplace variant of the Kraken that was announced in 2019. The Privateer internal changes are quite a departure in terms of the ship's layout and offerings. The primary difference with the Privateer is that it sacrifices a large majority of the base variant's cargo capacity in order to outfit the ship with eight separate stores featuring 189 SCU each of merchandise. In addition to the eight public stores, there are two additional private or black market stores with an additional 189 SCU each of merchandise. However, the addition of these marketplace stores brings the privateer's total cargo capacity down from 768 SCU from the 3,792 SCU of the base Kraken variant. An important thing to note regarding both variants of the Kraken is that the player will be able to switch between the two variants through a prolonged dry docking of the ship at a capital shipyard or Cousin Crows. It's important to note, however, that this conversion will likely be time-consuming and rather expensive, so it won't be something you'll be doing every day. The Kraken's primary role is that of a light attack carrier. Its job is to transport ships and supplies to far-off destinations, while at the same time being mostly self-sufficient and able to defend itself with a multitude of turrets at its disposal. With its numerous HABs, cargo space, refuel, repair, rearm capabilities, the Kraken is well suited to act as your org's mobile HQ. With the Kraken being such a high value asset in any org and its primary role being that of carrier, it's not the ship you want to be leading the charge into battle. In combat, staying towards the rear will maximize the Kraken's support capabilities and survivability, and allow you to keep the rest of your org's fleet primed and ready for the frontline combat. However, we really need to discuss the flexibility of the Kraken. This flexibility is really one of its primary selling points above other capital ships. The Kraken is set up to perfectly support everything from combat to heavy industrial support roles. You could easily use the Kraken to act as a way station for your org's fleet of salvage ships, 
You could operate 8 to 10 Vultures easily via the Kraken's primary and secondary flight decks. With RMC being offloaded from the Vultures and put into the Kraken's massive cargo bay, or you could offload the Vultures from the Kraken's four starboard side pads onto a waiting Caterpillar that's parked on the larger deck. Because remember, if it fits, it sits, and the Caterpillar will actually fit with some creative landing angles. The Kraken could also support mining and commercial shipping operations in much the same way. It could both act as a final destination for prospectors and expanses, or it could act as a way station to transfer those goods to waiting cargo ships. The Kraken is able to support combat missions with its ability to host a wide variety of combat ships on its unique deck configuration. Imagine a Kraken with two Eclipses and four Buccaneers on its top deck and you begin to see the lethality that the Kraken is able to support. With all that flexibility, it's sometimes easy to forget that the Kraken can be converted in dry dock to its other configuration, which is that of the Affirmation Privateer. This brings a whole new earning system to the Kraken owner in the form of merchant gameplay. Merchant gameplay may, depending on the direction CIG takes with it, become a great passive gameplay loop that allows Kraken owners to pay for what will probably be massive upkeep, fuel, and maintenance costs associated with such a large capital ship. Ultimately, the Kraken is unique in its ability to adjust its role and usage to fit the player better than pretty much any other capital sized ship. This could be considered a value add, especially because, you know, whether you purchase in-game or pledge for it with real money, the Kraken's features don't lock you into a specific type of gameplay loop. And finally, if a capital ship could ever be considered more of a daily driver than others, the Kraken would be that ship. Okay, let's talk about the issues with the ship and its current concepted state. Now, there's a lot we still don't know about the Kraken. There is also some tech elements that we need in development or in game before the ship can go through production and into a flight ready state. Let's break down some of these issues and talk about the possible solutions. One of the Kraken's best features is also one of its most problematic, the open flight deck. While the Idris is hampered by the fact that its ships can't get around one another in the hangar bay because of the very limited area, and for the fact that they will need to both take off and land in an orderly fashion, this is something that Idris owners will need to think about if they look at their Idris specifically for its carrier capabilities. The Kraken avoids all this with an open flight deck concept. Ships can land and take off whenever they need to and pretty much from any direction. This instantly makes the Kraken the superior carrier. And while yes, the Kraken's deck is not enclosed like the Idris, ideally the Kraken should be deploying its ships just outside the combat zone. However, this open flight deck also creates an inviting target to would-be trolls in the verse. People just landing on the Kraken whenever they feel like it could cause some serious issues with the ship and its operations in crowded areas. What is required is tech that allows us to turn gravity on and off throughout the different flight deck pads. Now we know through resource management demos and the fact that ships actually use grav plating that this sort of control via a console on the Kraken should be doable. However, we have not heard anything from CIG regarding deck grav plating control. Let's hope this is addressed as this would create an interesting role in the Kraken in that of a sort of deck controller operator mode. Now for issue number two, and this is an issue prevalent on all large to capital sized ships, permission and security controls. Ships like the Kraken with its numerous entry points really need robust security controls on all of its doors that can be controlled via a master console on the bridge. Currently, the Kraken has two docking collars, five deck side entry points, two hangar doors, 
and an underneath elevator that can all be used to gain access to the ship's interior. So having a very high level view of all these access points and their current security setting will be critical to help securing these massive vessels. Okay, now let's discuss something that again is one of the Kraken's biggest strengths, but could also be a real liability, its ability to land planet side. Currently we have seen how big ships such as a Starfarer behave in atmosphere. They are expectedly slow and arduous to get to and from the ground safely. Now exponentially scale that up to a ship the size of the Kraken and you have a very real challenge when it comes to both landing and taking off from the surface of a planet. We know the Kraken has six capital sized VTOLs, but we have yet to see how these will fare in lifting the Kraken off the ground. Will we need the help of SRVs? And if so, does that mean having an SRV always tasked to the Kraken will be an absolute requirement? Only time will tell on that. In conclusion, the Kraken really stands alone in regards to its role as a true mobile headquarters. Its flexibility allows it to be easily adapted to many different types of Oregon fleet gameplay. Its ability to support military operations, industrial, as well as commercial gameplay loops is something that should appeal to anyone who doesn't subscribe to just one playstyle. While the Kraken has a rather large concept phase pledge price, the ship is really several different types of ships rolled into one. For those who don't have the opportunity to pledge for this monster, the Kraken makes the perfect earning game end goal for a player or an organization. We don't yet know when the Kraken will go into active development, and there remains concerns about what kind, if any, sort of desire CAG has to put ships that are hull limited into active development. But with the entire line of Drake ships now flyable, there are plenty of parts and pieces in the design and asset library ready to use in the Kraken's interior build-out. The Kraken, along with the Liberator and other ships capable of carrying smaller ships, would be a perfect vessel to have in the verse, especially as we start to ferry multiple ships across larger and larger systems. The Kraken and its privateer variant are usually sold in hull limited waves during the Invictus and IAE events each year. Usually the store credit versions of these ships sell out instantly. However, the past couple events have seen the Warbond versions last long enough that your chances of snagging one are pretty good. All right, that's going to be it for this first episode of Starjump Shipyard. I hope you all enjoyed this look at all we know about the Drake Kraken. Feel free to leave comments on the next ship you'd like to see. Please like and subscribe to this video as it really helps out and click that alert bell for the channel. This has been Grim and I'll see you in the verse. Wow. Um, Grim, great job, man. Thanks. <laughs> really, really that good job. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. I can dude. say good stuff. Appreciate it. I'll say this too. I mean, obviously I chose the Kraken and actually not because it's my favorite ship. I chose it as the first ship because it's the ship I had the most visuals already created for. <laughs> but I'll say that uh, the point behind the show, just so everyone knows, it's not to try to sell you on a ship. It's to get, it's to pull all known information about it to one place. And that's why I had the whole issues, you know, bringing up the issues with the ship because mm -hmm. I didn't want it to seem like it was too much of an advertisement to mm -hmm. go buy it. Um, so just, I just wanted to put that out there. It's not, uh, it's not cheerleading for the ship. It's just trying to pull together all the known facts about it, which at this stage, most of the facts are marketing facts. So <laughs> it's pulling all that in. So if someone is considering the ship or interested in it, they could watch it and get all the known info. So.
So, so I, I, after watching your video, the only thing I, I had to say is, so what you're saying is, the Kraken can be flown solo. That's, that's what I got from the video. <laughs> it's probably going to be one of the hardest ships to fly solo, in my opinion. Yeah, especially after I watched that engineering uh, design brief. <laughs> yeah, really, that made everybody rethink yeah, right. things, right? <laughs> you know, one of the things I will tell you, Grim, is when we did our industrial strength series, which was just you know talking about you know all the industrial stuff like the Orion. Endeavor, mm-hmm. things of that. That series was probably our most popular series. And I, I don't know if it's because these ships have a lot of unknowns about them. And, you know, yeah. people don't talk about them because they always kind of talk about these are the down the road ships that CIG is going to produce. Uh, but people do have a tremendous interest. And as I told you, I wasn't that interested in the Kraken until I started looking into it a little bit more. I don't necessarily want one, but I say, oh my God, anybody who's got this thing. To me, the operational level of this versus even something like an Idris to me is is it is just two different things. So I want to jump into some stuff and then we'll get unique thoughts in, in Fast Car too. Um, but you you mentioned this about how the um, the uh, Kraken kind of works out like a mobile base, um, and this is in their their spiel about the Kraken. It's a protector, uh, a beacon of freedom in the too often cruel universe for those tasked with safekeeping citizens unable to protect themselves. Kraken is both a sanctuary. In a self-contained war machine, ready to take on the most daunting adversaries, Drake has thrown out the rule book to the red line private use capital class ships, attack carriers, and the very nature of personal freedom. It's nothing if not a testament to the empowerment of the people. Now, Grim, can you confirm with me, are the numbers that CIG has on the site, are they still considered for now? We know things can change, but I mean, are these numbers still pretty solid when it comes to measurement structure, things like this? So I think they're pretty close, if not very, like, if not completely accurate. Um, And I'll say just to to add to that, um, the Kraken was a little bit unique because CIG did a reveal trailer for the ship when they revealed it in its concept phase. It wasn't just JPEGs. They, um, but even beyond that, when Chris Roberts did his keynote presentation for uh, the 2948 CitizenCon, when they were taken off in the newly redesigned Mustang out of Lorville, they wanted the Kraken sitting there, an engine with a cutlass on top and a buccaneer on top. And um, so what that required the ship team to do, and John Crew and and some others have talked about this, um, is that the Kraken model wasn't just built, it was actually optimized for the game engine. Mm -hmm. And I think that does say something. The ship is built to metric. Um, It's a a newer ship. It's 2018. So um, it is built to metric. They've already done a lot of model optimization to it. Based off all my measurements, I think the ship is plenty big. I don't really think it needs to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, John Crew even said as recently as about a year and a half ago that the ship still has plenty of room inside of it that they haven't, that you they can see. add more rooms into. Mm-hmm. And he specifically mentioned a medical bay is probably getting added to the Kraken's, mm-hmm. um, you know, room layout. Um, and again, just hinted to the fact there's still plenty of, you know, unused space in it. So I don't see it getting much bigger, you know, that it could always grow five meters or whatever, some yeah. negligible rate for some issue. But another reason I don't think it'll grow very big is because it's already at the max length it can be mm. for the capital hangers. 
Mm. Uh, mm. So it's like it can't. I don't even think it can grow like another two meters, <laughs> and wow. it's like out of bounds. So wow, wow. yeah. Oh, I, I just want to say <clears throat> that um, there's a question in chat. In chat yes. that they are they're confusing between men crew and mass crew. On the site, I just looked it up. There's, there's no there's no minimum crew. It just said mass crew ten. Yep. So that's mm-hmm. why that's why it went under men crew. Yeah, and sorry, I, I just looked it up. The crack or the capital hangers are two hundred. 72 meters long wow. and the crack is 270 so you're going to be scraping paint already mm. um I, that's a big reason why i don't think it will grow yeah yeah it's a good yep. point good point uh y- unique um you know the, I, I don't know if this is the type of ship you'd be interested in i know you like i said you've been in the game for a while you've got a variety of different ships um you know the the kraken uh is one of those ships that when it does go on sale it's a limited scale lim- limited sale ship um, do you think that, uh, Krim, you said something earlier about how you felt this was kind of like a ship that for people who don't maybe spend money for it, but it is like that ship that people can shoot for, you know, that not end of game ship, but it is something that people could work for. Is this something unique you would go for over time? Or is it something more like, Hey, you'd be happy to work on somebody's, uh, Kraken. So there was this cup <laughs> that was created. Uh, can you read that? Pull it back a little bit. You had it for a second. You got too close. Yeah. You got too close. Come back Am more. I too close. Yeah, there, there, a little bit more. Right there. There you go. There you go. Right there. So, you know, it's got a nice quote on it. So, this, I'm going to go for my second cup quote right now. <laughs> okay. As well as I'm interviewing Drake for their marketing mm. VP. Mm. And here it is. <laughs> Pirates are people too. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get a shirt. Pirates, yeah, pirates are, people, are too. people too. I like that. So I, I, I do have an Idris. Mm. And when they announced the Drake, I was a little bit upset because, mm. you know, the Idris, two, three or four aircraft that's at all. And like you said, mm. center mass entry and exit and mm-hmm. a fire in the front. You can't taunt. Everybody has to turn. Like, it's just. Mm. to me but i had to have it because it was the only sort of mini carrier there because there was no way of getting a uh what's that javelin right yeah yeah. and then suddenly the the kraken shows up and it's like man Mm. this thing is exactly what Mm. the idris should have been basically Mm. um from the size and a deck carrier deck and ships on and off quickly right Mm. uh so yeah, there's no in-game earning it. I bought one right away. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I didn't know you had one. Okay. So, and so I have a Kraken, mm-hmm. and uh, and I bought it so fast. Uh, and I'll show you guys this actually. So it's it is a Wave One Kraken. Nice. So I I don't know if you know. Most people may not know this. If you were buying Kraken when they were first released, mm-hmm. they sold them in waves. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and you 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 only had oh, I don't know how many they did. It was like, like six waves. It was, it was like yeah, six waves. Six only waves sold many of them in there. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was like a hundred. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't want to say a hundred. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they went fast. Yeah, they so sure getting did. in on wave one, the very first thing that it was uh, obviously luck, but I got one, and yeah, it's one. titled. Wave one Kraken. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay, I guess. But then they did the cutout later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it's actually grim. That's why I hate them. Okay. So <laughs> they come out with this cutout. Mm-hmm. And then in the cutout, they've got the most useless thing outside of the Mustangs <laughs> are dragonflies mm. on a carrier. 
It's like a wet towel, right? Like you're slapping somebody's <laughs> ass with it or something. I like, what is this? This is not a weapon for a carrier. <laughs> it, it, right? And Grim doesn't cover it. He's like, hey, look, there's four dragonflies. And then that was it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because you could see them because you could see them he had to reference them but that was it there is no purpose for those things whatsoever Grim couldn't even make up something he knew he'd be like <laughs> okay so I, I just glossed over it and moved on yeah right you just move on you're like they, they've got to get rid of that so hopefully they'll get rid of it but in case they don't because mm -hmm. I'm not going to have four dragonflies on my ship that's mm -hmm. ridiculous yeah. I mean they're funeral ships right like you carry somebody off yeah. and bury them that's all that's good for them. well if, uh, if anything you, you can just use those dragonfly bays at extra storage for well uh, maybe maybe but hopefully mm -hmm. uh, so anyway if it stays that uh, I turned around and bought the add-on where you can turn it into a privateer mm, okay. just in case okay so okay. i've got all that stuff all right fc let me oh. ask you about this because grim mentioned the engineering show this past week um and this was one of those things that you know I, you know right now when we go on ships there's only so many components we have access to um coolers obviously countermeasures yes um let's see gravity generators on some ships jump drives um life support on some ships uh, well, no, most ships, life support, they have a panel for it. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm sorry, script that, uh, script that jump drive thing, quantum drives, I meant to say, uh, and power plants. But there mm -hmm. are multiple modules that, that, you know, we don't have any physicalized in the game right now. There's a drawer for them, example. Like I know on the 400i, there's actually a drawer for batteries. We don't have anything in there. Radars, scanning, we don't have this. Some computer module areas, even when people talk about getting the, um, what are those things called that you put in your ship to blades, you know, places to plug in things. So right. I want to reference something that Grim said earlier. He said, when we watched that earring engineering show last week, it gave us a peek into how complex a ship can be. And Friday's show up this week also talked about, it doesn't have to be that complex. It'll be up to the player. If they want to go deep, they can. Mm. If they want to play shallow, they can. I don't mean shallow in a bad way. I'm just saying, if they don't want to go into the whole deep role playing in roles, but for a ship like this, and you're gonna, and you're be facing this too with a band of merchantmen. You know, have you thought about what it takes to operate these ships? Because yeah, it sounds great to take them out and fly them, but you also know space is dangerous. You know, people are crazy. Um, you know, what is your feeling about when you see a ship like the Kraken going out? Because Jim, I was Grim, you said something like, "How many people do you estimate minimum? Roughly like twelve? You they said list 15? a minimum of ten, but if you read between the lines on some of their engineering stuff, I mean, I would say fifteen is what you're going to want if you want if you want every turret covered because it's got a lot of turrets. So, and a lot of them are manned. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you thought about that fast cart when it comes to a large ship? Because, like I said, your ship is large scale too, cap cap level size. At least it seems like it's going to be. Uh, have you thought about that in the sense of manning your ship? Yeah, I mean, when I first got the, the Munchman, it, it, it had a minimum, a maximum of eight, I think. I was like, uh, we'll see, because it was concept. And I'm like, maybe it, it won't be that bad. So yeah, it, but it, it turned out it will be that bad because Can you, it, it gotten bigger over time. Let, but for, let, for, let for, me interrupt you for a second. Let me interrupt you for a second. Can you tell people how big, they, well, do you remember how big, because I remember how big it was supposed to be in the beginning, the Merchantman. In the, in the beginning, it was supposed to be 100 meters, but it's now, it's now listed as 160. I thought it was smaller than that. Really? I no. thought it was even smaller. Yeah, well, well, okay. When it was, it was, when it was, when it was a blockade runner, I thought it was much smaller than that even. 
okay. When, it, when, it, when 2014, it was 100. Okay. So that's when I came in. Okay. It, it, it comes up a, a, year, a year before before I got in. So okay. when I got in, it was 100. Okay. But now it's 160. Okay. So, and the crack, the cracking, as you say, is 270. So that's almost twice the size. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely not going to be a soluble sip. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take some some doing. The, the question becomes, how how tuned do you want this sip to be? Because if you're going to combat, you're expected to be under fire. You may lose a sip. You don't want to put your expensive components in it because you know that may be a waste. Or maybe you do want to put your expensive components because that'll give you an edge in, in combat. Combat. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you can you can go either, go either way, mm -hmm. but if you're gonna say in, in, if you think you're gonna say in safe space or well it's cracking, it's probably not. But I'm like, you say like I, I, I didn't crack and you think you're gonna be in a safe space. You, you can you can ha have it overtuned with the most expensive component mm -hmm. and, and not have to worry about it. Like especially like a like a racer or something like that. As long as you don't crash, you're fine. Okay. okay. In the in the cutaway the the cutaway tour that I did, mm -hmm. one of the specific reasons i called out the sheer shield generator that's mm -hmm. up near the very front of the ship mm -hmm. next to the lower turret i pointed that out specifically to kind of reinforce the idea that engineering's in the far back and you still have components all the way in the front and you have to remember the ship is as long as a 890 jump and a connie stacked to end to mm -hmm. end i mean it's a big i mean that's a long way to run to do some, some maintenance. So you're definitely gonna need to have a couple engineers. Yo-Yo yeah. Meg, thank you so much for that raid. Hope you had a great stream. Yo-Yo Meg is one of our yeah. sole citizens here and she was out before us. So thank you for sending your folks over and welcome, by the way. Grim, you kind of went where I was gonna go next. Um, for a ship like this, and I know a lot, I don't, I don't want to sound like people haven't thought about this, but I think there are some people who have not thought about that there actually is a physicality to operating a ship like this. And I mean, literally, yeah. that your players will, first of all, have to be able to move from one location of a ship to another. Secondly, have a, a decent working knowledge of where some of these things are. I know when some of the ships right now, um, a scanning panel may be in the rear of the ship, but a life support panel may be, as you mentioned, in the fore of the ship. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, a ship like the Kraken, I can't imagine where things are going to be on this ship. You know what I mean? I don't, like you said, everything's not going to be in engineering. You know, how many people mm -hmm. do you think just for being able to make sure that maintenance or going into battle, because you don't want to pull somebody off a turret to go say, hey, can you go down and replace that cooler because yep. it just blew out? You know, I mean, what are your thoughts about logistics when it comes to a ship of this scale? Because this is a big, when I say physical, I mean, just to move through it physically. This thing has a freaking yeah. tram running through it. I mean, yeah. what are your thoughts so, about that? So, um, you probably saw that one um, slide I went to that showed all the entry point entry points into the mm -hmm. ship, which that surprises a lot of people because mm -hmm. it has a ton of them yeah. versus a lot of other ships. And if you, and to put that aside for a second, they did that engineering follow-up on Star Citizen Live last week. And one of the ships that they brought up in terms of how many people will you be expected to, to, to need, they brought up the Carrick and and the developers said that he could see the Carrick sporting two engineers, which, you know, if, if you take a 120-meter ship, mm -hmm. um, double that and, and <laughs> even a little bit longer than double, actually, mm -hmm. Three engineers seems like a no-brainer mm -hmm. just for the length uh -huh. of the ship. But, you know, that's just from an engineering standpoint. But going back to all those entry points, 
if you get into a boarding situation with a ship, you're not going to want to pull people off your turrets, mm -hmm. and you have a lot of entry points to cover. Mm -hmm. And this is probably a good time to bring up, after I did that shipyard episode, um, someone had messaged me, it actually was Execute, had messaged me to look at the model because it looked like the Kraken had received some updates in 3.18, the, the hollow model in Cousin Crow. So people were curious on why it received updates. So they were, they were asking me and Piggles and a few other people who are familiar with the models. Mm -hmm. And while I was inspecting the model, I discovered something that even I didn't know was on the Kraken. And that is a ship-to-ship -ship docking collar located in the underneath the ship at the very front near the nose, mm. which is yet another entry point that I didn't know about. Mm. And where I'm going with that is if you had a hostile like boarding situation going on, you have a ton of entry points to cover. You know what I mean? If you, oh. if you think about the 890, it's got its elevator, its hangar, and it's two entry points, right, mm -hmm, coming mm -hmm. in the rear of the ship. That's four. Maybe there's a fifth one I don't know about. With the Kraken, we're up to like 11 entry points on this ship. So it's got wow. a lot of vulnerabilities, um, which I it's probably good reason it's got so many turrets pointing in every direction. But again, mm -hmm. it, it's from security to engineering um, to managing, you know, all the HABs and flight decks and all that stuff. I, I see this uh, being a ship that's going to require a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. Again, to operate it at peak efficiency. Yeah. Right. I'm just thinking about security alone, you know, just yeah. the, uh, like you said, uh, responding to someone who's a boarding party or again, fires, all types of things. And I, and I hate yeah. to say it because a lot of times people look at that minimum number. And even though we talked about that for this ship and they think, oh, I'll just take my four people out and do it. I mean, you can, not, yeah. I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying to be optimal, to be safe, yeah. uh, not worry about the loss of the ship not to mention the lives of the crew. I think the logistics are going to expand more in everybody's mind, you know, for some of these ships that yeah. they may have purchased, any of these multi-crew ships in particular, you know? Yeah. I mean, to me, ships, ships like the Kraken and Idris and stuff, those are to me equivalent to your raids and wow, or any other MMO, you know, you save mm -hmm. them for the weekend or, or whatever. Everyone gets it ready for it, prepares for it. It's, it's not going to be the everyday. Hey, thanks for the subscription. Yeah. Thank you, Chooch. Appreciate that. What were we going to say fast card? Uh, I almost forgot because the description um, uh, made me forget um, something about the uh, the people that, that you need it on. Nope, it's, it's gone. Sorry. It, 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 maybe it'll come back to me. Unique. Were you going to say something? It won't. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, his mind's like a sieve. It's just aging. Uh, so the minimum amount of people you need on this ship is roughly to take it from the shipyard to evict us and put it on display, okay? <laughs> the logistics of driving a big ship like this is enormous, okay? Mm -hmm. And just to put it into perspective, a United States carrier, aircraft carrier, has like 3,000 people on it. Mm -hmm. You know how many planes they carry around? <laughs> About 80. Mm -hmm. not, even 100 not even 100 planes. Mm -hmm. So with 80 aircraft, you need 3,000 people on the ship. Why? It's because the logistics of people in itself, right? Mm -hmm. So if those ships don't go out for the weekend, those right. ships go out for months, right. six-month yeah. deployments, and this is on the ocean. God knows if you're going into deep space. Mm -hmm. So you need to think about, I have to have 24-7 crew. Well, the minimum mm -hmm. for a crew is everybody at every station for 12 hours, mm -hmm. and then the second crew comes on, 
right? That's the minimum. And and that's burning everybody out after two months <laughs> doing, you know, two 12-hour shifts. Yeah. So usually in the military government, when they're doing like satellite systems and 24-7 controls, they'll do 12-hour shifts, but the people will do 12 hours on, 12 hours off, but they'll do four days on and three days off yeah. for their three-day weekends and stuff like that. So you have to come up with some sort of eight-hour shift things, three crews and routine schedules to get people on and off and time off and vacation and Mm -hmm. running around. If that ship's going to stay out with long periods of time and stuff like that, your Mm -hmm. logistics are people and food, Mm -hmm. you know? And so your crews are at least double what the minimum is for an active ship Mm -hmm. floating around in space, minimum double. Grim, let me ask something, too. Because I think Unique mentioned this thing about logistics, and I want to move the logistics to when we were talking about these components, parts, things of that nature. I know Colossal once took his Carrick out, and he decided, let me see what it will cost to, for me to trick this thing out, you know, to put all the components in I want weapons. And he had spent like freaking like $5 million, you know, getting yeah. that ship where he wanted. When you've got a ship of this scale, um, what, do you, what do you think you're looking at for, I mean— <laughs> You know, I mean, the the idea of you're not going to come in the game with you know with that money. You know what I mean? And the, the time yeah. it'll take you to slowly build it up to, like Unique said, building the ship up to a place where you do feel safe taking it out into space. You know, um, well, are people think are players thinking that? Do you think players? I mean, you talk to people. Do you think players yeah. are thinking about that logistics side of it? No, I think a lot of people do. I think uh, certain people that have an eye towards logistics and, and those finer details obviously think about it. And I think that's actually part of the fun of Star Citizen mm-hmm. and actually what attracts some people. That's definitely, I, I put myself in that category. And then there's some people that, you know, they look at the current state, they judge the game by the current state and the current uh, style of play, and they as- associate that with everything else. Um, you know, with the Kraken specifically, though, um, one of the great things about it, and I mentioned this in the video, is it is it's got enough SCU in it to like cargo space to be able to offset some of those costs. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that the Kraken, it, well, at least it's been said uh, by John Crew. I mean, this could obviously change, but it will when it does go flight ready, it will come standard with grade C industrial components mm-hmm. um so kind of the lowest level of industrial components mm-hmm. um you know we've heard that they've done away with the limitation on on the crack and only be able to hold industrial that maybe it'll be able to hold military grade components and stuff if they go that way um yeah that's a lot of money you'd need to invest in upgrading which is why i sincerely hope that cig gets a deeper or actually i wouldn't even say a deeper get some sort of org system in the game so that we can have org members you know pay a whatever mm-hmm. a tax, tax every month mm-hmm. and you know if they get certain permissions to repair from the org coffers and stuff because it would be great to be able to set some of those goals for the org again i, I see the kraken the idris the javelin all those type of ships as be being those those ships that your org is collectively supporting with all their smaller ships, you mm-hmm. know? So hopefully they give us the org tools in game mm-hmm. to do that and, and assign that, you know, those goals. Um, we'll so see, you, though. We'll see. So we were talking about security and entry points, and you, had, you mentioned I had 11 entry points now. Do you think that it, uh, people probably want to stay in space longer because if you land, that'll make it more vulnerable to, to being, being take over? Or you think it, it won't matter where you are? People will just find a way to try to take over no matter 
doing face on, on, on the ground. Well, I think the Kraken is going to be a big target. Um, and, you know, I say this is someone who loves the ship. Um, the problem is it's the only ship that has these big, well, other than the Liberator now, I guess. The Liberator will have this problem, too. Those two ships have these open decks, which to people out in the verse is probably going to be a giant billboard that says, please land on this. Even if I don't know you, try to land on it. Just try it. Just see, you know, it's, it's mm. going to be the challenge of the day. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think boarding parties in general are going to be a problem for the Kraken and the Liberator, not because I think they're more vulnerable to them than any, than any other ship, because maybe we'll, we will be able to turn grab plating off on the decks, but because they're more, it's almost like they're inviting people to land on them versus another ship. So, you know, when you're practically inviting people by having this big empty landing space, I think you're going to deal with that issue more than other ships. So, I don't yeah, know if was... yeah, yeah, yeah. I, every time, every time I, I, I go by Griffin 890, I'm going to try to land on it because it has a big old landing bay on it. There's also, so, yeah, there's yeah, also, there's exactly also missiles mean. up in the front of it, too. Keep an eye on that, too, while you're trying to land. <laughs> um, you know, Grim, I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody actually said that they had thought about the logistics of that and said they would probably keep some, and they weren't joking. They said, I'll keep somebody with a rail gun as a deck, as a deck person. Who's out there? So if anybody wants to land, they're going to blow them up yeah. while they're they're touching down. They, they, they said they, that's what they'll do. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, another great thing about the Kraken, and this was kind of showed off when they revealed the Kraken. Uh, they had a video of uh, kind of a uh, the, of a camera inside this one of the uh, starboard or no the port side turret mm -hmm. as it's turning. Mm -hmm. Um, the front two turrets, the size eight and the size six man turrets at the front, mm -hmm. and um, the turrets on the rear port and starboard side, mm -hmm. they actually can turn and face, face that deck. way. Oh, so <laughs> if you got someone of those turrets, you mm -hmm. have a you have a, a deck sweeper mm -hmm. if you need. That's what you need. <laughs> That's what you, need um, you know, right? obviously, the thing to remember about that though is if you destroy a ship on the deck. You're you probably taking some damage, some sort of hit point mm. uh, damage with the ships being on the deck. Mm. Um, if we have the ability to just turn off the grav plating and that ship slides right off, yeah. even better. <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, we've got on our list here about the dragon, but before we get to the privateer, um, well, you know, before we do that, let me let me go back to something that we touched on in the video. Uh, hopefully, this won't play; that it'll just come on. And it's this section here. I'm going to play this. This really impressed me, Grim. I hmm. didn't give great thought to these multiple configurations for this ship. You know, yeah. I, I hear a lot of people talking, oh, I'm going to take my, my Kraken out and I'm going to, you know, do fights and battles. But you extended the vision of the ship for me much more. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that you talked about this being a complete mining operation, it's in and of itself. Um, yeah. You showed the uh, being able to... Uh, you had like different configurations with having SRVs, all these different ships that sure. I just never pictured, you know, that the Kraken would be focused around. I think that's one yeah. there with the moles. Uh, you got configurations there with hull A's on there. Um, th there's a lot of flexibility that, and I think that's why I said I start to appreciate this ship even more than just, yeah. and I hate to say it, I don't wanna say like it's always combat, 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 cause that's fine. But I also thought about What's the other moneymaker for this thing? You know, when we talked about the storage downstairs, I'm like, oh, it's a combat ship. What do I care about 3,000 SEU downstairs? But when you start looking at this aspect of it and being able to store, this brings a whole nother bridge versus somebody who's got an Orion, maybe the person who has the Kraken, who has friends with mining or a mining org, 
decides to say, hey, let's take the Kraken out. Let's do this, go deep space. Like Unique said, we're going to go out and hang out in space for a while. That just mm-hmm. opened up a whole new window for me when it came down to this ship. Yeah, and again, I, I, this is something I bring up to a lot of people. Um, you know, we we think of everything in terms of Stanton right now, and mm-hmm. it's going to get if, – if CIG doesn't retcon a bunch of their system sizes, solar system sizes, it's going to get – you know, very real for people in a heartbeat when we get to some of these other systems. Um, I think Pyro is 9 or 12 AU, so almost double the size of Stanton. Mm -hmm. And a system like Nix, at least how it's currently listed, is listed at like 29 AU. I mean, it's massive. And those systems aren't supposed to have much in them, you know, Mm -hmm. especially like Nix and stuff. There's not supposed to be a a refueling depot every, you know, every Mm -hmm. Lagrange point. And I truly hope CIG does not retcon that, those system sizes because that gives the that gives a meaning for ships like the Kraken and the Liberator and honestly the Idris and, and stuff like that ships that carry other ships and um, you know again we get out to the to the wider um, you know the bigger systems ships like the Kraken are going to take on a, a whole new meaning that we really can't even properly respect right now because we only see the verse through Stanton's, you know, prism, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. me, let me throw some theory crafting in for a minute here, gang. So bear with me, unique and fast cart. And I want to get to your thoughts on this. I've mentioned this last week. I, I think I was talking to Ender and he said that you were already, had already started going down this dark rabbit hole. And, and this is what the, what the story was. It popped in my head. I said, you know, we keep seeing more and more about this Kraken. You know, mm. they put, I, we were talking about the Easter egg when the, um, the uh, uh, Antares comes out, the commercial. Mm. New commercial, they're, the Kraken's right there at the very beginning, the opening of this thing. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're showing us the Kraken. Then, again, when we did the thing with Jax last year and they go to Pyro, we see the Kraken, right? And yep. then, as you mentioned earlier, this is one of the few ships where they actually put out a full trailer for a ship prior to concept art, the Kraken. And yep. then we were talking about us old school people remember that when we went to Lorville, there was a Kraken sitting out on the ramp back in the day, mm-hmm. a full-size Kraken. Some of you, if you're in chat, if you guys remember, put a one in. There was a full-size Kraken. You could look out that window in the spaceport and see that big old Kraken sitting out there. Mm-hmm. You know, even though most people have talked about the ship as being down the road, Unique, I'm going to go to you. I know you're munching, so I'm going to give you a warning before I call to you. Um, okay. Do you think that they could actually, going into Pyro, because we do need some type of transport to get ships across that system. We haven't heard anything about the Liberator. We haven't think about the Kraken either. But do you think that they could introduce the Kraken sooner? I'm not saying when Pyro comes out, but I am saying we got to figure out a way to get these fighters across the system and there ain't no way for these small fighters to get across the system to get from, you know, Pyro 6 to Pyro 2. That's, I mean, it, I don't, as far as I can tell, there's some areas maybe where there's refueling. But my point is, do you think that they may bring a ship in like this because these new systems that are coming in are going to be bigger and the need will be there? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, it's a good point. It depends on the size of uh, the jump gateway tunnel, whatever you want to call it. Mm. It has to be big enough to carry this ship. So remember, there's certain sizes. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing to look. What size do they put in? You know, <laughs> um, and then do they leave? Do they leave in where you can be at a station 
that they might put in pyro a more functional something where you can uh, request your ship be delivered and it magically gets delivered or whatever. If somebody has to actually fly those ships in, mm-hmm. it's going to be something that can carry those ships. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then they got to park somewhere when they get into pyro because they can't really leave on their own either. So how do you maintain those things? So something like a Kraken or the Idris or a Liberate, something that can carry fuel and be a base for these things has to be there. Yeah. Um, you know, or maybe there's a few moons and people can land and build bases and that it can have supply depots and stuff and the players have to support that with gas stations and repairs and stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you imagine someone making a profession out, out of ship moving company in, in a game? Because, I mean, I, I can honestly see, 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 see oh, people do it. Plenty of people, do it in Eve. Plenty of folks. Yeah, plenty of people have talked yeah. about that. And Eve, they, they're right. already ready they to do have. it. And there are people, you know. when the Liberator came out there, I heard tons of people saying, that's going to be my thing. I'm going to be just, you know, moving mm-hmm. people's ships around for them. Mm-hmm. Is a, is a moving transport. I know, the, I know CIG has talked about the idea of NPCs. You could put in for a ship and wait for it to arrive. Maybe we haven't heard a lot on that. Um, and again, and guys, I'm not saying that they're going to put the ship in anytime soon. I guess my, I'm just asking, like Unique said, they could come up with other alternatives, maybe well, some gang base. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Grim? I, I think, so I, I do think there's a lot of reasons why they should put the Kraken in, in, into production. And, mm-hmm. and it does lead into what we were talking about in terms of, um, it would be great to have a ship to carry a sh- other ships along these vast distances. But even more, um, more of a reason why we need it is in systems like Pyro and Nix and stuff like that, which are, you know, especially with Pyro with its solar flares and all that. Mm-hmm. Those are supposed to be dangerous systems. And we're going to need more re- ship repair options as we get further and further through this game and mm-hmm. more and more persistency comes online, you know, repair is going to start to be a thing. And, you know, CIG is thinking about it because they added some minimal repair with our, you know, our little handheld mm-hmm. salvage beams. Mm-hmm. But all the issue with repair in, in Star Citizen right now is complicated because there are two repair ships they have. They're, the tech required for those is still a ways out. Um, the Vulcan is drone-based, and the Crucible is just a massive and extremely complicated ship. Um, you might as well put that one with the Endeavor in terms of its mm-hmm. complicatedness, right? So what we need is a repair ship that either can, A, just have reverse repair lasers, um, like the handheld thing, but on a bigger scale. So think of a vulture, but a reverse vulture. Mm-hmm. Or we need a ship that much like a Port Alisar, you land on the deck, you mm-hmm. hit repair, and magically a ship's repaired. So for even temporary reasons, I think the Kraken would make a good um, ship to put in the game. But what I think we'll probably most likely see is as we get into some of these pirate systems and possibly Squadron 42, although I'm only speculating, um, not every pirate is going to have a Xenothreat Idris that they've stolen. Obviously, that was kind of a special thing with the Xenothreat event. And the, but the pirates really do need kind of a big, bad boss ship for mm-hmm. us to go against. So I could see in Pyro, um, maybe CIG um, utilizing the exterior of the Kraken, much like NPC. they use the exterior of the Idris. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Make all the turrets just be able to target like mm-hmm. the Idris does and make it a boss ship. I could see that happening. That would be cool. Um, yeah, but I don't think we'll get any capital ships um, other than maybe the Polaris until we 
get fully fleshed out resource management. Yeah. CIG's alluded to that before that mm -hmm. they really don't want to do the big ships till they have right. that gameplay in. Yep. Um, that actually is why I think the Polaris is going to be the ship that brings on the full resource management gameplay. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah. Graham, I need you to do me a favor. Yeah. You obviously have these models and you're doing these pictures I mean, and they're pretty outside of the box when you're thinking about the uh, mining on it and support and the different things. But what I need is a picture for me with like two to four ballistas on the top there. there See go. how they fit out. <laughs> that's, that's my vision. Yeah. So if you can show me that one time, so just email well, it to me. Starjumpfleetviewer.com. Go there. You can do it on there. Yeah, yeah. you can do it around. on there. Everything's that's true. to scale. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. No, I do that sometimes though. I do play around with ship things. Just, I'm curious like how, you know, again, you, it seems silly, but you could, you could park a bunch of Novas on the deck of that thing. Yeah, <laughs> you've, that's true. Uh, you, you know, as long as you have the people to pilot it. Uh, yeah, I'm power. sure, like, with a couple of ballistas sitting on it, you ain't yeah. getting oh, near I, those I want to give a shout-out to the Jetta of Woe for joining on YouTube. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thank you so much yeah. for that. And Reload, thank you Ooh. for the uh, reset. We are over 100 viewers. Yes, All right, girls, time, to, time to give away your 890. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, my 890. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, real quick, let's hit the privates here. Um, the mobile marketplace, uh, we talked about that a little bit in the video as well. The Kraken is a protector of Beacon. Ah, is this the same dialogue? It looks like it is, right? It is. Breakaway, it is the same dialogue. I didn't even notice no. that. Holy smoke. Okay. Mm. Um, well, this, and I think for the bulk of this, I'm going to just get to the meat and potatoes on this. Again, the specs uh are, are are virtually the same except for grim you mentioned this the cargo capacity right we want to talk about that yeah. a little bit the difference in that yeah severely diminished obviously in the um in the kraken privateer but you're trading that uh for what's essentially happened is the, the kraken has two cargo bays it has what's labeled cargo one and cargo two cargo two is the big one cargo one is a smaller one what they've essentially done is taken cargo two they've put eight merchant gameplay shops in there but not only just the eight shops but the 189 seu grid cargo grid underneath those shops for those shops so your cargo two has been completely converted and then there's going to be some space in there they've alluded in concept art that's going to be switched to um maybe it's like a bar area or something so the privateer i think it goes all the way down to like a 760 or 768 cargo mm -hmm. yeah. a decent amount but mm -hmm. it's still um, it's still, it's pretty small compared to the base Kraken's uh, cargo capacity. Mm -hmm. um, so now the one thing though, um, that's still really cool about the cargo area, and a lot of people don't know this about the Kraken. Uh, I'm actually surprised how many Kraken owners don't know this, is that underneath cargo one, there is a huge elevator that comes down mm -hmm. from the cargo bay right. to the planetary surface. And mm -hmm. it's big. It's like, you could probably put four Novas on it at once. It's a big elevator. Mm. The cool thing mm. is, based off the information we have, it looks like that elevator can go from ground level to cargo one and then all the way up to cargo two. Mm. So um, that whole area of the ship's really interesting, and I hope CIG uh, builds that out in an interesting way. But again, I think for the privateer variant, it was smart of them to use cargo two. Um, I've always said that I think the, a really great variant for the Kraken would be some sort of hospital variant because you could just land ships right on it, take them right to the medical bay, mm. 
Fargo 2 could be a full medical hospital. To me, it almost makes more sense than the Endeavor's Hope class. Than the Endeavor, it's, it's, I agree. <laughs> it's better suited. It's Again, you can land right on there. You have an air car that would take the patient straight via elevator from any of the decks all the way to the hospital bay. Mm. I'm just saying. CIG? Just saying. Free idea for you. Just saying. Just and, saying. And, you don't, and you don't have to worry about having, having a, a hangar component on on, on it, right. for, like like the Hope class. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. No, and because these, be, sorry, and one okay. other thing, because these ships are hull limited, I've always been concerned about like what is the incentive for CIG to get any of these hull limited ships into development <laughs> because of the limited numbers. So I think one way to combat that is more variants of the ship because mm -hmm. they don't have to do full rebuilds of it. It's mm -hmm. it's room changes. So I personally would like to see some of these bigger capital ships get more variants. Mm -hmm. I, and I know some people don't agree with me there, but I think it's actually a way for it to get into development faster because it'll appeal to even more people. Yeah. You, you talked about the dry dock aspect of this ship being able to use, we're going to talk about the conversion a little bit later. Well, actually we're leading into that. Before we talk about the conversion, FC, you said you had a little story because you've been pretty much a tried and true Banu Merchantman guy, but then you did give some consideration to the privateer at one point, you said, right? Yeah, for the, the, the concept um, stage, I mean, when, when they announced it, I was like, oh, an, an, another marketplace, that's right up my alley, because that's what the, that's what the Banu Merchantman does. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hmm, they, 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 they thought it was coming out, they haven't g g g given too, too, too much information about it. So I was like, thinking, uh, so I was thinking oh, maybe I'll get it. I, it depends on what, what the, deal, the details come out. And then, and then the details came out that it was $2,000 to spend all that credit or 1700 robot. And I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'll, I'll keep my Banu <laughs> Richmond. Yeah, that, that's my ghetto uh, privateer now. <laughs> now there was, and you know what? They, they, I, I think they can't. They, they kept the same description between the privateer and the kraken because this is great. They're not known for marketing. Well, let me let me say this: when this came out, pirates are people too. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. When this came out, there was some controversy about the kraken privateer. Um, there were people who bought the Banu Merchantman. And of course, we, we started getting information about the Merchantman, but when this came out, the old information was still relevant. They hadn't shown us the new concepts, anything else, no internals. We, we all had was concept art, right? But there was all this right. art and, you know, splitting down the middle of the ship for the Kraken. And then there was that big price difference, right? One ship that came out at 250, another ship that was running $1,700. And the measurement is getting closer now, but yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm talking about at the time when these came out, it was the 250, right? So people did say, hey, what's going on here? When we started hearing more details about the merchantman, people were like, well, wait a minute. I'm paying 1700 bucks for this ship, but the merchantman has all this, you know, space in it and blah, 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 blah. And it's supposed to be a capital ship too, but physically it just seems smaller at the time, right? Um, and, and, and the measurement had bigger cargo than the privateer. Yep. And so there was some controversy there and they were kind of like, okay, CIG, you know, we thought that the merchantman was going to be the king of, of merchant ships, but then you've kind of created this cracking thing that's going on too. Grim, did you get any, did you have any, like people had questions about that, about the difference between those two ships or do people ever talk to you about well, what's better to go with? Should I go with the merchantman or should I go with the privateer? Is that any conversation you've ever had? I think when the Merchantman went into like active production, there was mm -hmm. a lot of conversation about that. Um, I, since they put a pin in it, I, I, you know, a lot of that has kind of gone away now. Um, but especially once it first entered in production, people, you know, the conversations were everywhere uh, regarding the the Merchantman because people were trying to, you know, suss out if 
if they should pledge for it now because, hey, it's going into production. It's only going to get more expensive, so mm -hmm. should I jump in now? And I know a lot of people probably did jump in. I know that's a source of controversy. But, um, the you know, the crack or the, the, the Merchantman is much like the Crucible, much like the Endeavor and a few other ships. It's... Its vision of what it is is just so it, what it was in the concept phase is just so far removed from reality for where the game is now. So, the fact that it grew didn't bother me. I just stopped look, looking at um, the it being a a choice based off gameplay and more being a choice on like aesthetic. Do you want more mm -hmm. alien ship or do you want more of this kind of human looking ship? Um, it's it really kind of came down to that. I, I I know there's some other differences. I think if you're, for example, if you um a big decision maker between the two should probably be if you want to land and do your your selling. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. they want to put a lot of work into the entryway for the merchantman. You know that mm -hmm. big walk up, or you prefer to stay in orbit and have people come to you. Like it, I think there's it's a lot of like personal. They're subjective things. They don't maybe really matter in the scope of the gameplay loop, but they're like personal decisions. Everyone will have to kind of figure out. Um, and then that will tell you what ship is best for you. For me, I think the better merchant may be more security, um, may secure wise because there are a few entryway points and stuff like that, like you said. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, I and also, a smaller that, crew. Yep, smaller crew. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I mean, you said in your video, you mentioned this the Kraken was um, developed by Paul Jones. And we all know his famous quote when he said that the, the, the Kraken is going to be the measurement killer. Oh, gosh. He may have said that. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so we talked about these two, the private market and public market. I, I do want to talk about maybe some ideas. Um, CIG says that the private market houses two additional shops, each with 189 SCU of storage space, uh, and is the perfect place to peddle your more rarefied wares. Um, the public market, uh, beating heartbeat of the uh, privateer, features the same thing, 189 SCU of secure storage. I think there are eight of them, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, Grim. They talked about mm -hmm. those could be manned by AI. Is that correctly from your NPCs that would be able yeah. to do those stores for you, something along those lines? What do you think about this idea of rarefied finds? Now, I noticed they're saying quote in quotes, but originally it was like black market kind of stuff. Not, not yeah. to say that the same thing couldn't be run off of a merchantman, right? But there's yeah. this whole thing about this area. Am I understanding correctly that that area is more like a, not a secret area, but a much more secure area? Like maybe you have to, someone has to take you back there. You just can't walk on the ship and find it or have access to it. Is that what we're looking at for that area? Yeah, and that... Um there's sort of two um, things about that room. The first one is that access is controlled by the captain. They, that's something they specifically mentioned. Mm -hmm. So it is going to have, you know, security protocols. It's it, You don't have to pass through that area to get to another area. It's its own little nook. Okay. And um, the captain does control that. The other thing they mentioned is that it's shielded against you know, mm. any surface level scan mm. of the ship. It won't pick up what's what's inside that. Now, maybe there's some deeper scanning that scanning ships mm -hmm. will be able to do beyond the surface level stuff that mm -hmm. can pick that up. But it works, that, that entire compartment will act like the MSR's little, you know, smuggling area. Mm -hmm. um, the course. Yeah, the Merchantman does, if I remember correctly, it's supposed to have an area that you have to be taken up it might be just yeah, limited to the crew, but 
There was the, a there was a conference area in, in, yeah. in this chair, but yeah, it, it took, 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 I don't know if it's how private it will, it will be, but yeah, yeah. there's the, the, the conference area. But they, they have talked a little. They have talked a little bit about though this whole thing about how some ships are going to have access to certain areas while other ships don't, or, or, or while other areas don't. So, like, you know, again, we go back to that conversation about, like, security protocols. We mm -hmm. already see our little door panels, you know, with the lock button. But what we're really going to need, hopefully, this is part of resource management and engineering gameplay, hopefully, is some sort of MFD screen that allows you to control door locks. Like, for example, I, I want to be able to hit my red alert button and it locks all the bulkheads, you know what I mean? Locks mm -hmm. all the doors. Mm -hmm. um, and then if if I have someone in those corridors, you know, they may need to radio me and say, I need door number 37 open. Okay. I need to get through, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. After we shut down. That old Star Wars get When Luke and Leia were escaping and then they close the door, close the door. And then they, they get out and say, open the door, open the door. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, ultimately, I think that little private area, at least it gives a little bit of a wink and nod to the whole pirate kind of thing. Um, you know, you could possibly sell, sell stolen goods out of there, or, you know, drugs or, or, you know, weaponry or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Unique, you said, did you part, did you buy the Kraken or the, um, or the privateer? I bought the Kraken, but then they put out a, uh, a ship upgrade to the privateer. Okay. And that's what I was so about to ask. To, yeah, yeah. I can apply it and it'll just become a privateer. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask about. Was that something that did interest you uh, for the conversion kit? Because uh, I know there are a lot of people who felt a certain kind of way back when the BUKs came out for the Warden series ships. Um, this idea of being able to modify your ship and Vanguard. change it. Um, huh. And so Vanguard, thank you, Fastcard. Um, but then this conversion kit came out. And there were some people who felt a certain way about that too when it came out too, if I'm remembering correctly, because again, it was like there was something being given um, to challenge the idea of the Banu merchantman at that time. Um, and so, uh, in your in your video, Grim, you talked a little bit about the idea of this conversion. I think I even asked you this: Will this be something that people, once it's done, it's done? Is it done from the is it done from the kiosk, or do you go to a cousin Crow's? Uh, and is there a time factor involved? You want to talk about that just a little bit about the conversion kit? Yeah, I mean, so the conversion kit, I think it's three, 350, something like that. Um, pledge price, you know, I, I, I think it's limited as well, like to, to one. I think you can buy one. I may be wrong on that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's um, obviously takes you from Kraken to Privateer. It's not a key to go back and forth or anything. Um to be able to do it in game, though, you're going to have to go to Cousin Crows or a capital shipyard, at least as it's been described to us. Um, obviously, in Stanton, Orison will probably be the place you go. Mm -hmm. um, and all we've been really told is it's going to be a lengthy and costly process. Um, I've had a lot of conversations with people about this. I would love for it to be something you really have to think about and has some real repercussions because it is such a massive hull change. Mm -hmm. So for example, I could see taking your ship to the Orson shipyards and then maybe it takes a week in game, like, or, or like real days, you know, a week or maybe even a week and a half, whatever, mm -hmm. to actually get that hull completed. And then when it's done, you go back to Orson and pick up your ship. But I would love some real time um, to do that, back, you know, switch back and forth, not just like a uh, two-hour cooldown or something. I, mm -hmm. I hope it's something substantial. And I think CIG is probably 
going to want to go that route too because yeah. I don't think they're going to be wanting people to switch from one to the other just like on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. If one of the guns could shoot the dragonfly it ships trying to board me, then I wouldn't change. I would just yeah. keep it as a crack and not the privateer. I, I remember what, what I wanted to say earlier, talking about mm -hmm. dangerous systems. I think people who want to undermine this ship, like not having, not, not having the people to crew the ship and all the turrets and everything like that, um, the, the chances of losing a Kraken is probably greater. And I w can you imagine how long it'll take to get to get a Kraken back with the insurance? It, I, I hope I find somebody undermanning any capital ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's something to think about first. If you do, lose, if you do wind up losing the ship because it was, it was it, on the man. It's called free ship. That's what that's called. Yeah. <laughs> it's called charity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to be fair, there are a lot of things to think about um, when undermanning any ship. So, to, to Unique's point, any ship that's yeah. undermanned, um, we all know, and uh, Grim, you said this earlier, a lot of times people gauge the way this game is played on how it is now versus later. Right. And so yeah. later, Chris has made it very clear that the, the, that the destruction of ships would have to be a very deliberate and time-consuming effort. It's not going to be like yeah. it is now, even with, even with soft death. Um, yeah. He really wants things to be where ships are retrieved and repaired. But when obviously the value of a ship like this, uh, if you're undermanned and for some reason you have to abandon ship. And believe me, some people don't think about abandoning ship being a real thing. It's going to be a real thing when somebody has maybe worked on a character for seven, eight, nine months. And their alternative is to possibly die. And, and this may be the third or fourth time they've respawned. Next time they die, they're not coming back. They aren't going to be too happy with the prospect of that. So... If people know that they could, you know, evacuate a ship and survive, well, you know, if you've got your Kraken in deep space and you've got to find a way to get it, you know, it's still out there. But while you're thinking of how to get it, there are going to be people who maybe they're not going to take your Kraken. But to Unique's point, you may have spent four million, eight million putting in really cool components. Maybe they're out there stripping your ship down well, at this point. You know, we're going to well, say one thing. One thing I'll say is the um, is the, the it's I had I have conversations all the time about this. One of the things that I I get concerned about with the current and some people will disagree with this perspective, but the kind of current combat kind of gameplay meta thing that's mm -hmm. kind of out there, where mm -hmm. a lot of people look at the ships. Like one of the first questions is, what turrets does it has? You know, I think we're starting to see a shift with that now as we're starting to focus on salvage and eventually this the bigger cargo missions with the hull sea and stuff coming. I think there's yeah. a shift and I think people are excited. But before that, it was a combat, combat, combat. What turret does it have? What turret does it have? And um, I, again, I get concerned anyone who I think, who, who I see who's like really big into the combat as it is now. Because the combat, as CIG has described it, in the future is going to be a very different landscape. Mm -hmm. Not only with ships not blowing up, but your limited regenerations for respawns, the cost to redo a ship, the, the, the how much you get, you know, have to have to pay for that death or ship or ship explosion or whatever. I mean, now you go out. You fight Nidris, you know, the Xenothreat Nidris, you get blown up, you respawn, you do it again, you respawn. You do, there's no punishment right now to combat mm -hmm. whatsoever, really, other than the five minutes it takes to respawn at the nearest R&R. Um, &R. So, you know, going forward, that that is going to really, really change, in my opinion. So, uh, Logistics is key, like, yeah. across everything. Just take yourself in a single-seater fighter, right, and you launch. Well, it's got full of fuel, fuel of weapons, uh, full of bullets, you know, full of everything. Yeah. Uh, but any real pilot, say an F-18 pilot off a carrier, 
similar to the Kraken. He has he's thinking all the time. If I'm outgunned like two or three aircraft to one, uh, and I'm out of missiles, I'm going home. I'm gonna take my eighty million dollar aircraft <laughs> and take my ass home. If he goes back to the carrier. <laughs> if he's at uh bingo fuel, which is it? Which the word bingo fuel everybody hears on the movies and stuff, and that means you are out of fuel. Mm -hmm. But really, uh, they turn around at uh, just above the halfway point. Uh, I don't have enough fuel to get home, or I'm about to cross the line. Mm -hmm. So it's either stay out, right? Because once you cross the line, you can't get back. You might as well just fight, run out of bullets, run out of missiles, and then punch out. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, half tank. I'm going back home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if my aircraft is uh uh. <clears throat> still flight worthy, but banged up a lot. I'm going home. If I can't outperform my enemy, I'm going home. That's why aircraft carriers have 80 planes. A guy calls and goes, I got an RTB and returning to base. He's like, we got two guys launching now, right? Mm -hmm. Ready five, boom, boom. <clears throat> so logistics is deep in everything, especially as the game ratchets down on your life, death and the repair of the ships mm -hmm. and you're out in space a lot longer. Yeah. Uh, if you're not thinking logistically, like I said, you're just donating. Yeah. <laughs> you need, you, you're talking about going home. I don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> well, I'll bring up, I'll, I'll, uh, there's two other things. Uh, so um, I saw someone had messaged in chat that like, you know, if borders get on the ship, it's all over. One thing I will say about um, the Kraken, but I would apply this to the Idris, Javelin, whatever. These big ships, again, in the future, when death is really punished, the full death of a spaceman thing is mm -hmm. in, you know, you're going to have to, all, all that's in, and dying is going to be a big deal. Um, if someone's getting close to boarding me with the Kraken, I can tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to, the Kraken is as big as a whale. I'm going to act like a whale, and I'm just going to start turning. I'm just mm. going to start mm. spinning that <laughs> ship, and I'm going to be a wrecking ball that goes through any smaller <laughs> vessel. Now, here, here's another thing that I want to point out. Everyone is very quick to say, and even CIG, um, that the Drake ships don't have, uh, you know, um, escape pods, right? The Kraken mm -hmm. doesn't have any escape pods. Mm -hmm. It might not have any escape pods. If you actually read the jump point for the Kraken, the jump point issue, mm -hmm. one of the things that Paul Jones specifically says in there is that they did some redesigns for the top of the bridge to accommodate escape pods. So mm. uh, for so uh, it's very possible the Kraken will have escape pods beyond just the ships on the deck. Um, because originally, before it got the bridge it has now, the Kraken had essentially what was a really enlarged Caterpillar bridge mm. um, in its original concept art. And when they switched it to this, one of the reasons um, it got the switch was, again, to accommodate uh, well, obviously, I think it just had some design changes they wanted to do. But um, one of the things they bring up in the jump point is it, is it getting escape pods in that redesign? So we'll see. Well, I'm pretty sure all of the docking collars, basically entry points like that, yep. the ship, if you can see, it has all these very long corridors. So for you to come in from the front of the ship and try <laughs> to get anywhere into the ship, mm -hmm. nobody's running out to those things. They're just going to park and wait for you to come down the corridor. I've got four guys with nothing but guns and grenades. I'm going to launch down there. Good luck. 
If you which, get to me, I'll high five you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> which again, hopefully, if we can lock doors and then screw around, oh, yeah. resource management, turn oxygen, gravity off, lights off, all that. that all could that be a stuff. Lot of fun. It'll be a nightmare for borders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna be easy. And then, again, and and I always I always do try to look at it from the other point of view too. I mean, that's gonna make it more exciting for the borders too. You know, and they don't know what they're gonna deal with. You know, if, is this a ship where they don't have anyone on resource management, or is it a ship where someone's actively there fighting? against you it's that's just cool gameplay so mm, absolutely instigator yeah, so, i Thank mean you. if you have 20 people on this ship pretty easy if you need 10 and then the other 10 or a second shift and they get called yeah, it'll be security. a great fps map yeah. i'd open i'd open <laughs> one of the airlocks <laughs> just lead them right into the corner right into hey it. come on in right here the left side is open you don't know, have to blow it open come on in. i mean another thing i will say to um you know, they have talked a lot about these capital ships taking two years, two plus years to develop. Um, you know, it's been stated even recently. Another good reason that the Kraken should be one of the first capitals to go into development. And I don't include the Javelin Nidris because those are essentially done or almost done. They probably want to put it too. Yeah, they'll probably have to do some further optimizations for the PU, at least I expect. But for the most part, a lot of the work has been done. Um, but the the Kraken really can pull from a huge library of Drake assets, from mm -hmm. corridor paneling to duct work to all doors. I mean, everything. They have a lot to work with here. Um, obviously, there would be some unique areas, the bridge layout, the engineering would be pretty unique, stuff like that. But there's a lot of stuff to work with here. Versus the, the Ben Merchant yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we've got a couple of questions here, so let's uh, hit those out for you. Uh, Citizen Shenanigans says, "Would you could we sacrifice an AI blade for hall monitor AI or Clesher style <laughs> or Clesher style anti-personal turret?" So <laughs> I think that's when we were talking about the uh, the whole deck thing. Um, but yeah, you know, Grim, to your point, you mentioned about the turrets being accessible, you know, as a way yep. of being able to protect the deck. Um, yep. And obviously, like like you said earlier, um, there may be the possibility of taking some damage. Uh, like I said, I, the guy who I talked to, or whoever it was, told me, you know, as they're on their way down, I'm going to be right there with a rail gun, and I'm going to just pop them, you know, before yep. they even get on the deck. So, but, yep. but it is something to think about. Security, logistics, all this stuff, like Unique said, is going to be something for a ship this scale and size. Um, it'll be something. And I've heard a lot of people say, they think that boarding ships is going to be easy. I don't think boarding ships is going to necessarily be an easy thing. I think it has to be very well planned um, and dangerous and dangerous and dangerous. I think it's, it's, it's going to be extremely hard. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think Unless, you've got the low road. I think they have the high road when they're inside the ship and you've got the low road and the competing. I don't think it's 50, 50 to me. I don't think it's the only way I could see it being easy is if ships like the Legionnaire, when mm -hmm. they do hack into a docking collar mm -hmm. to attach, is that the computer would have to, once you've hacked into that docking collar and you're on approach, you're hacking that ship, there would have to be some computer takeover that then match moves your ship to the target ship as you're going into the docking collar. Mm -hmm. Because again, I go back to what's preventing me from just holding down the A button and rolling this thing like, a, you know, like a shark trying to get out of a net. Yeah. And then with the two capital shield generators, anything smaller than, you know, anything a hundred meters or smaller, I'm just going to destroy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just a matter of, and, and, and that's not because the Kraken is 
anything more than systemically bigger and more well shielded. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If if CIG stick into all these, um, you know, the mass weights, the shield, um, the shield sizes, and all that, it, any of these capital ships, it's not just the Kraken. They're yeah. they're going to be able to just ram you. I hate to say it, but they're going to be able to ram you. Yeah. But, uh, I don't hate it. I was going to say I hate to bring up logistics again, but no, I do. This is a logistical show, obviously. So there's an old saying, which is quantity has a quality all of its own. It's a math thing, right? Mm -hmm. You have bring a boarding ship. How many people are you bringing? What's the maximum amount of people you can bring with a boarding ship? Yeah. How many can you bring in the umpiring? And and then you're going after some carrier-sized thing that's got possibly 40 people on it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 What's yeah, I mean, what's yeah. 100%? I mean, Unique says it. I mean, the honestly the bigger threat when you're talking about boarding parties um, or anything like that, the bigger threat for the Kraken is going to be a ship that can knock its power out, you know, essentially right. a EMP, EMP. Ship that can affect the capital. Yeah. Ship. Which may need to be a larger EMP ship. I don't know if we really or know. Multiple. Multiple. You know. Or multiple. But you're going to have to shut the Kraken down. Now, one interesting thing about that is, again, if they go the, the grav plating, you know, direction that they've showed off in resource management, if the ship's power gets knocked out, does the deck have gravity anymore? The mm. primary and secondary decks. Mm. So you won't be able to land there. You'll be able to hit the docking collars, which it has two. Um, well, actually, it's three. Again, that one underneath the nose. But again, it's not going to be as easy as people think. I think the the big deal is going to be EMP, and if it can successfully shut down a, a capital ship. Yeah, you know, again, easy. I say quality, quantity over quality. You might EMP yeah. me, you might get my engines, and yeah, <laughs> the power goes out. But I got eighty people on this ship, and you can't enter the through the thing with eighty people. Right. I think it could be easy to if people did their research first. If you hey, if they could put a follow up blue pixel. If you if you do your research first and, and pick a soft target, then yeah, it, it might be easy. But if you want to pick a random target, it could be fifty fifty. Could be easy. Could be hard. I think people would probably do their research first to, to, before they decide to board someone. Don't yeah. try to anyway. We'll see. I mean, I mean, one of the ships I bring up a lot with the Kraken. Um, and I would actually say this with a lot of capital ships the, uh, that are not combat, specifically combat focused, so like the Orion, uh, the Pioneer, stuff like that, is if those ships are parked anywhere, let's say you have a privateer and you're parking that somewhere in orbit, one ship I think could really help any of these vulnerable ships is the Nautilus. And not in the way that a lot of people think in terms of laying a bunch of minefields down and hoping you destroy ships. It's laying things like sentries down and mm. stuff, which, yes, they only have a size two turret on there, which mm. maybe won't affect most ships. But the idea is not to destroy a ship. It's to trip a sensor net. Mm. So right. you set this wide sensor net around the Kraken as it's parked doing its business. Mm. If one of those sensors goes off, because the Nautilus uh, people can see if something's active. That's been said mm-hmm. before. They can see if a mine or a sentry is active. As soon as you see one of those fire off, okay, you know someone's broke the, the mm-hmm. fencing. You know what I mean? So now our our capital ship, our Kraken, everyone needs to get your get your guns off the locker. It's time to, to get ready get for ready. someone approaching. Get Everyone get to a turret, etc. So I, I don't think you are going to want ships like this just flying blindly by themselves either. I think you're going to want some support ships that play a role in either protecting the ship or providing some sort of 
you know, advanced scanning, uh, long distance scanning. Yep. We got one more question here from Akuma Tinshi Kuro. Uh, maybe you could park your Kraken way out in the stellar equatorial plane and use it as a mobile remote base, rarely bringing it into port. Uh, using remote placement and stellar orbit to effectively hide in the black. And I, and I, I think Unique was saying this earlier, ships like this, and I think you said it too, Grim, these aren't the ships that you're taking out for an hour to just go out and do something with. These caps are literally, I mean, you could, I guess, if you want to, because yeah. you know, that was one of the things that was frustrating oh, about oh, Eve. Oh. When you played Eve, you always had to you know, come back to a dock or something. But these ships are designed so that you go out. You mentioned it earlier, Unique, two, three systems, and you're out there for a while. And, yeah. you know, the I didn't... You know, I think even now we, we talk about how often do you run into people? I know there aren't more than a hundred people in a server, but let's say there were a thousand oh. people in the server. Space is still big. You know, it really yeah. is. And when you start getting into these larger systems, like you were mentioning, Grim, that are not three AU, but when you're talking about 13, 15, 20 AU, that's a lot of space. I don't care how big, even an opera, uh, yeah. uh, an Orion in an asteroid belt, trust me, it's going to take a whole lot for you to quote unquote stumble upon this Orion, because um, yeah. space can't is can't be really that hard. Big. I mean, space is flat, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. All I got to do is look down from the top down, and I'll see the ship out there, right? Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. the problem? Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, anyway, those are great, guys. Thanks for those those questions that you guys tossed yeah. out. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, we're going to go ahead and pull some things together here and wrap it up. We're going to get ready to close out. But uh, before we do, uh, we want to say thank you to Krim, who's here today. Uh, Grim's one yeah, of our great supporters of our of our uh of our stream and what we do here and we always try to throw some love back toward him so right now grim could you tell people where people can find you and uh, you've got another series coming up that a lot of people are going to be uh, interested about we saw the Kraken one but you've got another one coming up right yeah we got a bunch happening right now so you can obviously check us out we have a youtube channel you can just go to youtube type star jump and Star Citizen, we're going to come up. We have a bunch of videos. I have my cinematics over there. That's some fan-made cinematics for Aegis and Drake. Um, you know, we have um, our Fleet Builder show, which is where we play with Fleet, uh, our Fleet Viewer app and, and make content that way. We obviously have our Fleet Viewer, StarJumpFleetViewer.com, which is going to be getting some updates, hopefully, for Invictus. Um, uh, some new features and quality of life stuff. Um, and then we have our new show, Shipyard, which was, you just saw the first episode of the Kraken. Uh, I am well underway and uh, getting through the second episode. The second episode is all on the Endeavor, and I go pretty deep on that. A whole bunch of really cool visuals that people haven't seen before that I'm creating. Um, you can also follow me on Twitch, uh, Starjump underscore Grim on Twitch. Um, and, you know, we, there's other people in Starjump too. There's Ender and, and Starlet and uh, VMXCO. They all um, are, are part of the group and help out in various ways. So, uh, obviously, a big shout out to them. Well, thank you. Thank you. And again, yeah. we always have to say it. We can never say it enough. Thank you for all that you guys have done for the community. Uh, Hangar Link, if you guys haven't checked out Hangar Link, definitely go there. Beautiful work there. Every ship, plus some other ones that aren't even in the game on their website. Um, but you can create your own little thing. You can even put your own jump gate up there. A whole bunch of fun stuff that you can do uh, if you want to show off your fleet to your oh, family and friends. 
and I, I would be remiss. Thank you, Graham, for making the uh, the better measurement. I mean, I'm thinking we got the kind of hotel. I forgot to mention it. But yeah, no you, you, they did the they did the, uh, the, the, the black and red uh, better measurement for me a, a while back, and I, I've been sporting it in my background ever since. So thank you for that. Appreciate no it. No problem. Yeah. And I'm... if you want to practice pirating and boarding, the Banu Merchantman is the perfect ship. Fast Guard will have is out next weekend. <laughs> Um, I can say, too, one of the ships I just finished and will update Fleet Viewer um, probably soon is I did redo the Polaris to better match mm. the new concept stuff CIG just mm -hmm. showed. So it has the, the bigger turrets on it and all that <clears> stuff. So uh, I'll get that posted very soon. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you again. Uh, don't forget, guys, if you guys want to check out any Soul Citizen merchandise, you can visit our website. Our links are down below. Um, obviously we just really appreciate all those who supported. You guys saw Unique's cool mug up there. There's a mug for every one of the Soul Citizens with some of their famous quotes. Uh, Grim, just so you'll know, Colossal's mug says, flying a Drake, dying a Drake. That's what his mug says. Okay. Just so you'll know, <laughs> that's what his mug says. Um, it's but, all good. Yeah, I know. We, do, we have a lot of fun here. At least we try to. Um, but thank you guys. Those of you who have supported us through that. Um, what we have coming up, uh, starting next Sunday, um, this week we did the Kraken, uh, fast cart. Let's talk about what's going on this week. First. I'm sorry. Let's talk about Thursday. Okay, so Thursday we have Soul Talk. We talk to our citizens and members of the community. Oh, that's no, 9 p.m. Really? Eastern, uh, 1 a.m. ETC because of the time frame. So, yeah, that's Thursday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. All right. And then on next Saturday, uh, we will be doing Soul Voices. Uh, I have to say once again, my apologies. I neglected. I'm getting to be an old man, Fast Cart. I completely neglected to announce that our Saturday show this week was going to be uh, postponed because I was going to be out of town. No, you so, told me on, on Thursday, but we, we still had a Twitter and everything on there, yeah. That, that's what I was referring to, Fast Cart. I've neglected okay. to change <laughs> the thing. That's why I was apologizing to people who didn't because there were people who showed up and they already told me. I know Citizen Shenanigans, thank you for retweeting that. So our apologies for not being there on yesterday. Actually, I thought I was going to try to stream a little bit from the St. Louis Bar Citizen, which I, I did go to. They, I could not get, they wouldn't, for some reason or other, I don't know if Twitch just, the Wi-Fi in the area was bad or what, but it would try to log in three or four times. It just would not pick up. So it just kind of went out the window. So, um, but I had a great time down there last week, met up with some people. I think it was Jawa, Jabba I met with and uh, Captain Willie and uh, Dove. They were there. They were just trying to get their bar citizens going again back in St. Louis. And Nihilus. Nihilus came. I hung out with Nihilus. Had a good time with Nihilus that last Tacon, night. Tacon, right? He's from Test? Uh, is that his name? Tacon? I want to say that's him. We went together in VersCon. I saw you post that, but he was using a different name yeah. yesterday. So, because that's no, the name. He used a different name, name like in the that. Midwest, in the, in, the, uh, in the Discord, too. So, maybe that is his old name. And I do remember Tacon, but I don't remember if that was him. Maybe it was. Because he said he saw me in 2018 in Austin. So maybe it was. Maybe it was. Um, so anyway, thanks again for the folks in St. Louis. We had a great time uh, uh, last night. Um, and then next Sunday, we're doing a show called The Big Broadcast. Um, this show is actually going to be talking about what is it going to, from what we know, and what CIG has told us, but also a little bit of theory crafting, what is going to be broadcast in the game? Like right now, those of you who are around when, when we do Invictus, you guys know that all of a sudden some of the monitors go live in the system. They tell us where the fleet is and things like that. But we're going to be talking about uh, announcements such as about resources. You know, when the, um, what's it called? The G, what's the, what's the place called? The, um, the place where you go sell your stuff at the trade uh, TDD. 
the oh, TDD yeah. monitors, wow. when TDD monitors may become live, when when you go to the spaceport, uh, will the, the you know the monitors that tell you when flights are coming in out, when will that go live? Uh, things that are going to be broadcast with people who have ships like the Mako, things of that nature. We're going to be talking about what is it going to look like and what do we mean? Then there's content creator stuff, right? CIG is actually, which I think has been very cool on uh, ISCs. They've been running community content created commercials and stuff. Will we see things like that popping up in the verse? And is there a possibility? Those of you who play stuff like, um, uh, what's the game I'm thinking about? Oh, I'm having brain farts. I know why, because I haven't sleep. I drove 15 hours yesterday. Um, uh, 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 Grand Theft Auto, you know, where you have like the radio stations where you could tune in. Will we have things yeah. like that in the game? So that's what next week's show is going to be about is the big broadcast. So hopefully you guys will be able cool. to join us for that. And we'll have a discussion about that next week. Um, other than that, oh, by the way, you'll also see if you have not playing Star Citizen, if you're interested in Star Citizen, you will see links in our Twitch uh, channel. And I, I haven't added them into uh, YouTube yet. Uh, if you want to use a referral code for any of the people uh, that are part of our team, you got your favorite team member, you want to use their code to say thank you to them or just say, hey, you like them or you love them. Uh, you can use that referral code and you'll get some benefits from it. You get some extra credits, they'll get some extra credits and uh, you'll have a nice warm feeling inside. Uh, other than that, I think that's it. Grim, thank you again for being here. Uh, Unique, thank you as always. Appreciate it. Unique's our guy who pushes the hours to be here with us when he can, so appreciate him stepping up this week and joining us. Fast card as always. Yuck. I know, I know. I love you, I love you, brother. Thank you for being here tonight. As always, my merchant, my merchant man man is here, and he's able to share some good ideas always about the band new merchantman. We are going to be raiding. Guess who, uh, Grim? Star Jump Ender. We're going to send we some love over there to Ender. You guys know that Ender is a part of the Star Jump team over at Star Jump Station. So when you guys get there, give Ender some love. He does great, great uh, charity work, and he's a great part of their team. So uh, support him. Follow him. He's a very cool person. Let him know you came from the Soul Citizens. And uh, that's about it. We will Here see we come, Ender, from the rear side. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, what? On that note, peace, <laughs> love, and soul. You guys take care of yourselves. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone.